0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 60th draft of the Untitled Movie Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside my BFCA buddy, Eric Marchin. Hey, Matt. We did it. We did what? We won. Not we, but collectively. The collective we? The royal we? The Oscars are over. I think that's just a win in general.
1: Yeah. Um, Even if it was a truncated season, it did still feel long, considering... You know, building up to the Olympics coming in the, the Internet next couple weeks. Yeah,
0: and the Olympics are in the summer.
1: <laughs> oh well, then why is then why was the season um, the 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 award season coming? of They truncated? just wanted
0: it to be earlier, didn't they?
1: No, because usually there's usually uh, an event or something that like a telecast on ABC and NBC.
0: I'm no. gonna look this up
1: as you. It is the
0: Summer Olympics, right, in Japan? But you don't have to look anything up. How are you doing? <laughs>
1: I'm okay. Well, we live in we, we once lived in a pre-parasite world. We now live in a post-parasite world. How excited were you on Sunday? Um, as soon as Bong Joon Ho won Best Director and then you know basically paid tribute to Scorsese and Tarantino, I was like, oh, this could happen. This I is know. Real. But then
0: I got worried that like, oh, they gave him director, so maybe they'll go the boring route and give 1917 Best Picture. But yeah. Holy shit, it happened. It was uh, quite the night, which we will be talking about in in a few moments. But if you guys didn't know, this is the Untitled Movie Podcast. Each week, Eric and I get together, uh, shoot the shit about, uh, you know, what's going on in our lives, what we've been watching, what's going on in the entertainment industry, like things like the Oscars, as well as what new trailers are out and what news has broken, such as Owen Wilson in Loki or Sam Raimi coming back. To superhero movies. We've got a lot to talk about today. But yeah, Eric, the Oscars were this past Sunday. Uh, it was my 31st birthday on Saturday as yes. well. So Did you win a- an award? delightful birthday present to see Parasite uh, kind of not sweep but do very, it very well. They won four
1: of the six it was nominated. And Bong Joon-ho
0: tied Walt Disney for yep. the most Oscars in one night and the only person... And, and to when won... I think
1: of Walt Disney I think of Bong Joon-ho. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, now we do. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the only person to win four Oscars for the same film because I believe Walt Disney won four in one night but they were for multiple
1: right. uh, different films. And played. let's be honest, he probably paid for them.
0: But yeah, let's <laughs> kick it off with the oscars before we get into what we've been watching and everything else so uh you were supposed to come over you bailed yep um, i sure did so you just watched it at home yeah. i
1: did yeah home alone sad <laughs> no <laughs> looking at my life in a existential kind of way um
0: nevis and i hosted a few friends uh shout out to tristan and simone um who came over um it was fun i drank a bottle of wine I um, was feeling pretty tipsy by the end of it, which made me more excited. Nevis and I wore our Parasite t-shirts. Uh, thank you to uh, my old boss, Lauren Jacob, who runs a wonderful PR company called TyLight Digital here in Toronto, who handles a lot of the neon stuff. So she sent us a few Parasite shirts. So uh, we got a great photo, which you can check out on my Twitter. Um, which, after Bong won, or the screenplay even, was when we were like... Like, I had a feeling he'd win screenplay over Tarantino, but once that Or Noah back, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but once that happened, I'm like, okay, that is starting to give me hope here. And then uh, the ball just kept rolling. Well,
1: I, w- I was also kind of intrigued that Spike Lee came out to sort of announce the Best Director Award, just because it's like, oh, no, he's going to have to give it to a white guy.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Sure. Um... I don't know where you want to kick it off. Do you just want to give overall thoughts? Of yeah, the show I mean, and it, then I think it was a good show and... just
1: because Parasite kind of made up best for the picture, whole thing, right? Yeah, yeah, and even for last year, where a lot of people were very divided with you know Green Book winning best picture and how that all yeah, turned divided out. Divided is a
0: nice way. Of yeah.
1: It. yeah, yeah, um, but with Parasite, it seems like everybody at least liked it, um, and I think that helped with the preferential ballot. So you can tell that you know. When it won Best Picture and everybody was, you know, ecstatic with the history-making moment, cinematically speaking, that, you know, now we can have films or maybe this will be the beginning of it. It might not be. Who knows? I feel like we'll probably pay for it next year with, you know, Ron Howard's (laughs) movie winning Best Picture. But in that moment, it kind of felt like, okay, well, now, you know, cinema is not just relegated to, you know north america and you know english language films like there is a possibility a potential that world cinema can be competitive on that same mantle as you know the hollywood system and and seeing you know even with roma last year doing as well as it did with netflix behind it but um in the last 10 years people I've been talking about like how the director category specifically has become more international right only you know,
0: one person from the US with her, which was Damien Chazelle Damien
1: right? where you know uh, you've had Alfonso Cron win a couple for Gravity and Roma Inuritu win a couple for The Revenant and uh, Birdman uh, Michelle has for the most from forgettable France. Best Picture winner yeah. for the artist but then you've even had people like Powell Pawlikowski for Cold War get nominated for directing you know And right. so like things like that have happened so it kind of opens it up a little bit more to like you know world cinema now we're dude, making
0: progress on that front yes we, have- we need more women <laughs> yeah. to
1: be nominated i mean celine siama was right there uh, greta gerwig was right there maryl so, heller was right there yep yeah. and she was at the oscars as well so yeah there was yeah.
0: that uh, neva showed me a great um slow motion video of yorma and her on the red carpet Um, which is always weird to me that they're (laughs) together. right? Uh, But God bless The Lonely Island, and God bless Marielle Heller. Um, Yeah, I thought the show was good, man. Like, I mean, yes, the Parasite taking home director and picture was absolutely shocking and amazing, and I do think the best movie of the year and one of the best movies of the last decade. I think we both had it on our best of the decade Yeah, and one of the
1: best films to win that award, I think. You know, Moonlight was the last time where you know it a felt great like film one. yeah the unfortunate part was that it was tainted by the mix-up yeah. where this was just pure joy to see something that i think most people felt enthusiastic about you know yeah.
0: again yeah it's that one movie that uh no matter who i talk to usually says it's, it lives up to those expectations and and if you get people who are a little bit more negative on it it's usually just like oh, I thought it was good, but I didn't think it was great, or something like that. Yeah, like, there's
1: not too many people that I've talked to that say that Parasite's just okay. Mm. Like, even if you are kind of, like, mixed with it, you still like it for what it is and find it entertaining. And I think... It Being a story that's universal but still specific is why that movie has become such a crossover hit and it's just like looking at the doors it'll open for South Korea and cinema in general, and people going back like neon will be re releasing memories of murder this year, and I hope more people check that out because that predates. The structure and style of, of Zodiac in yeah. a very similar fashion. And Parasite's going back into theaters this weekend. Yeah, and there's or... even a black and white version that's playing yeah. at Young and Dundas right oh, now. Oh, it is. Yeah. It is playing yeah. there. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. Shit. Maybe I will go see that. Um, I Because we, we talked about this. I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but um those black and white versions are always interesting um it's more of a gimmick
1: though than anything i agree and
0: we watched the mist and logan and there's mad max fury road as well i watched mad max fury road but logan and logan noir and the mist black and white we both watched together at our friend mike's house um and then there's something else that did a black and white version too or am i blanking maybe it's just those three out of recent memory Do little uh, yeah, um, And out of those I thought The Mist worked the best Yes, because um, it
1: has that kind of Classic 1930s, 1940s B-movie sort of Approach to it anyways like and Frank I Darabont black and white, wanted to shoot yeah. it in black and, and white And it
0: actually felt like it added
1: to the movie yeah. Like
0: it felt more atmospheric And it hides and really, some of the,
1: the questionable CGI Yeah,
0: exactly So I thought The Mist actually benefited From the black and white um, Logan and Mad Max Felt Gimmicky, um, yeah. Well,
1: especially Mad Max when it's so colorful and those and those colors are are important to the film. Like it's it's such a a, a visceral experience, but part of that is just the imagery. And I feel like the muted kind of monochrome coloring of it is just gonna, kind of kind of sedated a little bit, weirdly yeah. enough.
0: It, and it did. I mean, I didn't love Mad Max even the first time I saw it, but I I went. My only rewatch of that movie has been that black and white version. Um, so I do want to watch like the colored 4k as well. Cause it is such a, a pretty movie with those oranges and blues
1: and things like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I,
0: are you curious for the black and white parasite version at all? Or? I mean,
1: I, I'd be curious to maybe watch it if it were to be released on a criterion yes. version down the line. Um, I don't know if I would want to, Seek it out right now because I just watched it again. Oh, right. You're on gonna be, Saturday, yeah. and Let I mean me I can just talk now, about yeah. it now. But uh, it, the movie holds up. It's it's a masterpiece, and it's just funny that like Bong Joon Ho, when he was first talking about the film, he was like, "Yeah, this is going to be my little movie that no one will see in between my two big films." So you know him after doing Okja, he was looking to kind of go back to the basics and make something that was a little bit smaller in terms of uh, scale and scope and story. And funnily enough, it became his biggest hit to date. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. But yeah, I, I, again, like I think the, the scene that really stuck out to me watching it again were, is where uh, Song Kang Ho talks about not having any goals, you know, and that defeatist attitude that they have when they're in the gymnasium. Yeah, um, that sequence is amazing. And like that one scene, like I'm like, why didn't he get nominated for supporting actor? A, lo- a lot of the acting kind of got, you know, yeah.
0: Um, Mislooked or I overlooked, the, yeah. Overlooked, that's the word that I'm looking for. Thank you. Um, yeah, but much deserving. I i do think it was the best movie of last year, and it's so wonderful to see it get recognized for that. And, um, I might because I watched Parasite maybe two weeks ago when it first came out on digital in 4K, and, um, but that black and white version intriguing to go uh, I'm itching to even watch it again so I might go do that. Yeah. Um otherwise in the awards, I mean most of the acting awards we pretty much knew um what those outcomes were going to be. Um Joaquin's speech was uh uh interesting. Um, I think it was very I sincere was, though. I agree, like even if you yeah.
1: don't like the movie or the performance, I think this whole award season he's been very genuine and earnest and using and, his platform to try and speak his mind yeah, about things, and, things that need to be talked about yeah I you mean, know, whether it be representation or equality of,
0: i get it and i do think it is a good thing i guess to use your platform for something you believe in but sometimes i just like Kind of just like, all right. But I got what there. he
1: was talking about as well, where, like, when Renee Zellweger won for Judy. she oh, just, yeah. Just saying words. It was the most cringeworthy, I think, acceptance speech of the night. Just because it felt like well, there dude, were a couple moments where she could have just gracefully ended. And, and just... She kept saying words. She just kept going on and on and on and on. And I didn't on. know what she was talking about. No, no. But with Joaquin Phoenix, like, he knew what he was... Trying to say. Trying to say. And, yeah, he's a little awkward, but... He, that's who he is as a person. But I think it all came together at the end, and I thought that tribute that he gave to River was was uh, nice. I agree. I was
0: just like, I was intense, and he was very passionate. He's a very passionate man. So, I mean, I liked um, his sort of
1: delivery of, of, you know, whether it be, you know, politics or gender equality, more so than someone like Mm -hmm. Sean Penn when he goes up to the stage because he kind of is so like in your face about it and like you know well you better you know change or whatever whatever where Joaquin just kind of felt like okay well these are issues we should be talking about
0: yeah totally and um then we also got the other acting winners which were um uh, Brad Pitt and Laura Dern those were pretty much locked and they were good speeches Yeah. yeah It's They're been great and as well. And They're both, like, great hearing school. that
1: David Fincher did some writing for him, sure, or yeah, gave him yeah, some pointers.
0: Yeah. Any other surprises for you when it came to the awards? Or, uh, not... or I mean, we did our predictions last week, and I felt like we were pretty much yeah. I mean, other, other than
1: 1917 not winning Best Picture or Director, I think those were like the, the big upsets, but in a good way. Like, yes, it was just nice to see that you know a film that isn't quote unquote. Your traditional Oscar movie win Best Picture, the film that, you know, for a lot of people is their favorite movie of last year and one of the best films of the last 10 years win. Like, it just was so surreal because, yeah, again, Moonlight was, was amazing. But when you see Parasite win, it's like, this doesn't fit the Oscar mold, or, like, what you think an Oscar movie is. We talked a little bit about that with, you know, people calling The Shape of Water, you know, an Oscar movie, which it really isn't. But No. I just like that I keep forgetting that one, and I do genuinely really like that movie. I do, too. But the thing is, now, I, I feel like with, you know, bringing in an international membership and expanding on that and bringing a diverse membership in, the definition of an Oscar movie is slowly starting to change. Yeah, you're still going to get the kind of uh, the old white boy movies, but at the same time, time, (laughs) you're also now getting a little bit of international flavor. You're getting more, you know, you're getting a broader scope of what's out there. And And, I mean, that's what, why they expanded it to between...
0: Five and ten nominees, right, yeah, and for that reason alone, as well, is like we are getting a good mix for the most part of of York classic Oscar films with your even some bigger budget stuff like I mean something like Joker even and, and uh, I mean 4V Ferrari is more of your classic.
1: That's like this you know the like, steak and potatoes yeah, kind of Yeah but movie. you're starting
0: to get a mix of all of that stuff and then you're even in recent years with Roma and now with Parasite or with um, Amour or like things like that you're starting to see those movies trickle in. And yeah like, oh. the status
1: quo is slowly starting to move a little bit yeah. and, and we're yeah. It's so we're Going to
0: take time, especially because, oh. like, look at the acting categories this year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like there that, were
1: only Cynthia Revo being the one the person of color being which we've already nominated. Mentioned. Yeah, and and and. But again, like, you look at you know where it has been the ten years prior to that, and where it's going, or even just in those ten years. King's Speech wins Best Picture in 2010. in two thousand ten and beats movies like The Social, Social Network. <laughs> yeah. You know, and now Parasite, you know, ends the decade and. It's like wow, it's like night and day in terms of like what the definition of that kind of movie is in terms of an awards film. So I'm I'm hoping that there will be more opportunity for films that are maybe a little bit outside of the box to be recognized because sometimes what would happen is you'd get one of those movies, you know, getting a nomination in, you know, cinematography or maybe an actor in sort of a smaller independent movie gets nominated like this year seeing the lighthouse get nominated for, for cinematography, cinematography yeah. was kind of interesting that you know a movie that is so opaque and and kind of out there is in with you know Roger Deakins and and everybody else yeah it was
0: super cool to see that and yeah i mean overall i thought the show was i like the hostless ox oscar oxers um oscars um i just feel like it flows a bit better and um keeps the show going and you don't need to have weird You know, bits in the middle of, you know, uh, Jimmy Kimmel bringing in a bus full of people or... Hot dog, hot dog yeah. Uh, guns. Yeah. yeah. Or, oh, you're all hungry. Here's something like yeah. and stupid gags like that. Well, it you slows still...
1: the show down and it makes it an hour longer. But yeah. they were but adding more musical numbers yeah. and stuff like that. Where like um, I think they could cut those out even for the most I part. Agree. I didn't
0: like Janelle Monet's opening. Yeah, that was I probably felt... the most awkward. I felt like that was very weird and didn't make any sense. And they kept like all the costumes were from movies that didn't get nominated for the backup dancers, except Joker and Little Women were yeah. in there as well.
1: Uh, but then See, us and, 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 and Midsommar and could have been nominated. <laughs> and Queen and Slim. And you guys like, didn't nominate those it's movies. Just, it
0: was so fucking weird. And then the song, I felt like, didn't... I don't, I was, and then you have a monologue from Chris Rock and uh, Steve, Steve Martin. Martin. and So you're kind of doing, like, oh, we don't have a host, but we'll give you a musical opening and a monologue opening. And stuff like that. Like, do one or the other. Or, like, I get you're bringing back two former hosts to do a monologue, and then that's going to be the bit. But And I thought they were you know, moderately f- funny or whatever. Like, had a couple good, good zingers in there. But it just felt sort of unnecessary. I know you need to kick off the show in some way, but if you already did the Janelle Monet opening, like, uh, right. why do that? And or well, um, as much
1: as, you know, something about Bohemian Rhapsody is, is a horrible film, the Queen... opening opening number made a lot of sense to kind of hook people in right yeah where they should have just had like elton john just sing like a greatest hits compilation or something i don't know and
0: actually have what's his name sing the elton john song or something like that um i don't know And then you have... uh, Some of the presenters were good. I liked uh, Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph, as always. I liked Will Ferrell and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I like Tom Hanks. Yeah, Tom Hanks. Throwing out those
1: zingers as well.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, you got your classic awards show stuff, and then um, it was nice to see... I don't know. I always like seeing some of the smaller awards and the people come up and, and, and the people that you wouldn't recognize and just hearing, hearing their speeches, whether it's a production designer or, you know, special effects people and things like that. Like um, I know that can be some of the things of like, Oh, we have no idea who these people are. So who cares what they're saying? But it's always, uh, uh, I don't know. I really like the Oscars as much as they get shit on. And like, they do need to continuously evolve. Like we're saying and get better. Um, and right. who they're nominating and, and the the movies, and add some different awards that they're not like the best stunt category should be in there. Um, get rid of that best popular film, and I or was even talking,
1: casting. Like, I feel um, casting is such a casting, pivotal part. Which is, to... would be
0: kind of like a the best cast award at the yeah. SAGs or something like that, right? Like you can. Or I, I was talking with Tristan when um uh, when he was here for the Oscars, and and we had a good conversation about like a best first feature or something like that where you can start like i would really love that award because then you get to award five filmmakers that like i just feel like that's what the Oscars should be is both rewarding the absolute biggest movies the best movies and also put a spotlight on someone fresh and new or a great movie maybe a lot of people haven't heard of and i know parasite is that movie for a lot of people like I. there will be a ton of people who see that this weekend or this week because... Or go
1: back and see Bong Joon-ho's other stuff yeah. that I haven't seen. Y- you know, like, I- I'm sure maybe some people have seen Snowpiercer or Okja, but yeah, like, a lot of people haven't seen Mother or, you know, Memories of Murder or, you know, Parking uh, Dogs Never Bite, So um, <laughs> and, or The Host even, you know? Yeah, and even...
0: I'd only seen Snowpiercer and Okja, and, and after seeing Parasite, I... Nevis and I have wanted to go back and start slowly watching his other stuff, and for that reason, and there'll be a ton of other people because of this uh, best picture win that um, will do that. So, uh, it, yeah, overall, I thought it was a pretty good show. Like, it didn't feel like it dragged on. Too no, much. and it had like, a
1: really good finale. I think that's kind of what made up for any kind of
0: right i think made up for the year and yeah. all the complaints we've had and and things like that too and i even then like all nine best picture nominees i'm like i don't think there was a bad movie in that bunch like like a legitimately oh like, like you mean like a
1: bohemian rhapsody yeah bad. yeah yeah, I mean. yeah like, like that movie is truly even like i
0: did the we both tweeted out that day and and i went with my little uh, you know cringy teeth emoji because i had irishmen and little women at the bottom of my list as but, you would um yeah just <laughs> hate old people and i no, and i also um, had
1: uh ford versus ferrari and jojo rabbit at the bottom right so. so
0: i mean and but i wouldn't say any of those movies are or are bad i might like even as much I'm as mostly I, indifferent yeah and i would say the same about little women and irishmen and ford versus ferrari would be in that crew 1917 would be in that yeah but that those bit. but
1: those movies also do have passionate fan bases especially ford versus ferrari i made a joke about like how you know uh, uncut gems is it, it was in relation to ford versus ferrari but how uncut gems was a better movie and somebody like posted like three or four messages at me saying like, No, this is why you know Ford vs Ferrari is the best movie. It's like I get it. Settle down. Like Yeah, yeah. It's just a joke. You to each their own yeah. again.
0: It's all subjective in the in the long run, but like it's uh it's nice
1: Because I know a lot of people don't like the Taika Waititi win for uh, Adapted Screenplay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which, I mean, it's it's strange because, again, like, JoJo's one of those movies where I really wanted to like that movie more. more, And I just thought it was okay. Um, But I'm not against him winning. It's just, you know, he was up against Greta Gerwig and a lot of people felt that she was due because, you know, she was snubbed in director and didn't win for Lady Bird the previous year. And, you know, that's no no matter who else is you know competing against her, that's a bad situation to be in because you're gonna be narratively created or turned into the villain, right? Of like, oh if you win like you're I mean people turned on him pretty quickly
0: after like
1: Which is weird because a lot of those people that did turn on him do like him as a yeah. filmmaker? Like I mean when he, you know he did Boy and you know What We Do in the Shadows and and things like that like there there was this huge support and and love for him as like this kind of up and coming, you know, satirist and and cult filmmaker and now yeah with JoJo Rabbit he's made enemies of the, some of the people that were supporting him to begin with. Which to
0: me, but I like I again I I like JoJo enough like I haven't really thought about it much since I Watched it at at the festival, and I I I liked it quite a bit, but I just haven't really thought about it. But it's um, fine, yeah. It, you know, I like it's
1: that. nothing. I don't think it's anything getting. Worth riled up about, or 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 like that's what I, mean having by, I don't arguments it, over, and and the way that some people are,
0: and any of the movies. That's that's getting back to my point is just like at at worst, I think the worst of the bunch is just like yeah, it was okay,
1: yeah. Like um, even Parasite winning Best Picture or Director, yeah, it's a great moment, and and it's nice when the movie that you love wins something and it gets that validation or recognition. At the same time, the award doesn't change the film. The movie is still the movie, and the the movie stands on on its own. But um, it also
0: has that backhanded thing where oh yeah, some people
1: will be like, "Well, it's not as good as everybody was hyping it up to be." Exactly, you'll get a
0: lot of that over the next little while, which is fine, whatever. But but. I also
1: feel like it'll be, you know, as the years go on, like maybe the next five to ten years, we'll take it for uh, for granted that you know this movie. One best picture because, you know, again, this doesn't happen every year, you know, or every four years even or or every 10 years like this is this feels like either the first of something new or a a once in a full moon kind of thing,
0: you know. Will we go two steps forward, one step back? Which I think that that's going or is to happen. It one step forward, two two steps step back.
1: Yeah, because yeah. I feel like next year there's going to be like this like retaliation against <laughs> foreign language movies, where it's like okay, well, now we have to nominate as many like big studio films as possible, and you know nothing weird or different or or you know we gotta we gotta play it safe because also the other thing is this year the award show the numbers were down, right? So you know even bringing in someone like. Billy Eilish was like them kind of desperately grabbing at straws to get in a younger viewership probably so
0: yeah i mean i don't know how you solved that really the movies i guess but you can't really
1: but no one watches these you things can't in general your
0: hand unless you yeah i know no one cares about award shows it's yeah
1: especially like, in the age of you know streaming services and watching you know movies or television at the palm of your hands whenever you want it's not appointment viewing anymore you know i
0: think maybe you do need to do it like you need to sell the rights to a streaming service and and have it commercial free and qb um Quibby, at the Oscars. In, you have to watch it in ten-minute segments. <laughs> oh God, for, for three
1: days. Uh. Like you, you cut back to like the third day; they're all still just sitting there, yeah. and it's like, <sighs> um, will those be? I guess
0: will those qualify for anything? Um, that's, Maybe short, right? I guess they'd be TV, though, right? Technically, yeah. So, are they eligible for Emmys? They're television shows, but they're shown in ten-minute episodes. Well, that's a whole other topic. But, I mean, the right movie won. I'm very happy. Um, any early predictions for next year?
1: Well, like I said, Ron Howard's got a movie coming out next year with Glenn Close and Amy Adams. This year, even. Yeah. yeah, uh
0: Yeah. Yeah. For next Oscars.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and that's a Netflix film. Um...
0: Oh, I did. Yeah, I remember that when we went through that big list. I mean, there's Netflix has a ton again with the. Yeah, and movie, but yeah. but
1: that's also kind of interesting. I think maybe we should talk about that. Like, yes, last year they took home a big three wins. Yeah, and they took home a big award last year with Alfonso winning director.
0: And this year they only had the supporting actress as yeah, well. Yeah, documentary
1: as, for American yeah. Factory, and The Irishman was completely shut out. So that is interesting. To me, where you have one of the most respected filmmakers ever, 10 nominations, nothing. Yeah. So it goes to show you that even with someone like Martin Scorsese, you know, having a a Netflix backed film doesn't necessarily mean that it's any more eligible for the ultimate prize, right? Like this just feels like, you think like that's there is, a, I still think there is a stigma yeah. towards Netflix and I, I still think that there especially when it comes to exhibitors and industry people I think it's become more accepted in terms of, okay, we'll give these types of movies nominations these are
0: movies and we'll give them nominations but we're sure as hell not going to give them like
1: especially the big prize right because again like these movies don't play in all theaters so like in Canada they're not going to play at Cineplex so like if the Irishman or Marriage Story won Best Picture could you imagine like you know, a an AMC or a Cineplex having to like advertise that the next day for like in a tweet or best picture winner. Yeah, yeah. it's like, and we never even played it. <laughs> you know, and like we don't play those movies. Mm-hmm. So there, there is that stigmatism towards, um, you know the the streaming, day and date yeah. streaming releases. Even if it, there is a two week window of where they play theatrically. I think it's becoming more accepted, especially with. Certain categories, like directing, because the directors are given free reign to make the movie that they want to, and with the budget that they need to work with. When they're
0: rewarding an individual instead of the movie as a whole, when you come to directing or acting, it seems like... And then actors as well. Yeah, that they're more open to that because they feel like they're rewarding the person instead of maybe... Not that they're against rewarding the movie, but I see what you're saying.
1: Yeah, but I also do think that them taking the step to work with a company like Criterion to release some of their movies on physical media is also a good step in sort of creating a quote-unquote legitimate you know, release cycle of a film because the majority of Netflix films, with the exception of maybe... Cloverfield Paradox, which was a Paramount Netflix uh, co-release, have never been released on physical media. TV series, yes, but movies, no.
0: And but, Roma was the first one, which was which today, is released right? today, which yeah.
1: is one of my picks for uh, yeah. uh, staying at home on Criterion Blu-ray, and it is jam-packed with special features. So this is a, a good step for them as well, in that you know they can bring. Marriage Story and, you know, The Irishman and Atlantiques and American Factory, which is the first uh, announcement of films that they have coming either, you know, sometime this year or into the, the next year to kind of represent like okay, you know, we will play ball to a certain extent and release some of these more you know critically acclaimed or uh Oscar prestige award prestige movie, movies yeah. on on Blu-ray so people can actually own them as well.
0: All the Adam Sandler movies coming out. Oh god, criterion. Sandy Wexler on <laughs> Criterion? Yeah. Oh, god bless him. Um but I'm hey, like, there might be one down the line. Uncut Gems would be
1: sweet. Oh, I was going to say Meyerwitz, but
0: yeah, yeah it will be Meyerwitz first but um I think Uncut Gems could be really really great and then um, the
1: do-over yeah <laughs> yeah uh
0: all right let's move on to uh what we've been watching uh you already mentioned Parasite was there anything else you watched over no last I just whole-
1: really again love that movie um Extremely entertaining and also poignant and prescient in what it's talking about, and it just it's interesting I think how that movie also speaks specifically to our generation, you know like people that are Having a really difficult time finding, you know, nine to five jobs, kind of competing against whatever is left in sort of the working world and living either, you know, with your parents in a basement or, you know, below the poverty line or just just above it. And sort of how the work world has changed so much that it's become basically freelancing for everything you know it's not the same that when you know when our parents were growing up and and after you know high school or college they would go and apply for a job and they would then spend the next you know 30 40 years of their lives at this one place you know and i think parasite speaks to that as well where we see this whole family you know living on the outskirts of this you know korean town and and basically you know Having to build pizza boxes to make ends meet or the the bare minimum. Turn the Wi-Fi back on. Yeah,
0: yeah, and yeah. I there was a great quote I saw on Twitter that I think I favorited or retweeted, being like, and I think they they might not have specifically been talking about Parasite, but maybe I was reading it within that same sphere of being like, it's it's unfortunate that like most of us are three bad months from the poverty line, right? But three we're so far away. If we have three good months from that. You know, wealth <laughs> and being rich or stability, that, right? And that just that divide is yeah. crazy, right? Like, and I just, uh, yeah, the movie's so good. And, um, uh, if you guys are listening to this and haven't seen it, I'm sure most of you have, but, um, please, please, it's $15. It's one of my picks again this week, um, for staying at home on digital and it's out on Blu ray now as well. Yep. Um, but it is in 4K on at least on Apple. Uh, and it's fifteen bucks, please, 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 pick it up. um, what else have I been watching? Oh, I didn't plug our our recent reviews. Oh my God, did I just delete the whole? show notes no never mind they're right here (laughs) um (laughs) uh, we saw a couple films this week uh which you guys can check out our reviews of um uh, right now you can check out our reviews on untitled movie reviews on all podcast services uh each week eric and i get together review new release films uh whether they're upcoming on streaming services in theaters now Um, So please go subscribe to that channel. It's Untitled Movie Reviews. Um, So we did see um, the newly titled Harley Quinn Birds of Prey, uh, which you guys can go check out our review for uh, right now. Um, And then Eric and I also saw uh, Sanic the Hedgehog uh but that review we are embargoed on but you can check out but well, probably Thursday. by the time you're
1: listening to this the embargo will have lifted uh maybe
0: this will go up the day before the embargo but maybe oh, okay. uh yeah. based on when you're listening to it uh yeah because you could be listening
1: be to be this like two weeks from now you and could, like it doesn't um, matter
0: <laughs> Thursday February uh 13th at like 9 a.m. Yes. I think right so um if it's past that date you guys can listen to our Sonic the Hedgehog review um over on Untitled Movie Reviews if it's before, that's when it'll go up. So uh, those are our two most recent reviews. We also have reviews up for Rhythm Section um, and some January's, Do Little, uh, Bad, Boy bad for Boys life. for
1: Life, and then eventually we might review The Lodge,
0: but we'll see. It <laughs> <laughs> might... We'll see.
1: And we'll uh, also have uh, uh, Downhill coming soon as yes, well.
0: Downhill as well as uh, that Harrison Ford dog movie. The Call of the Wild. The Call of the Wild. <laughs> I'm just going to call it that Harrison, Harrison Ford, Ford dog CGI dog movie. The dog Leafs movie. just scored. Yeah, baby. Uh, I'm looking at a reflection um, of the Leaf game as we um, So it's recording. one to one. Uh, so we watched those, um, but go check out those reviews if you want to hear our thoughts on on those, especially because we're embargoed on one as we're recording this. Uh, I also watched, uh, Nevis and I have been going through all of the, uh, the Fast Saga, as it's called now. Um, Nevis, I think I mentioned this on the last podcast, but she hadn't seen any of them. And with F9, the Fast Saga coming out later this year... Um, I wanted to go down that journey, or she wanted to watch them, and I wanted to take that journey with her. So it has been... One uh, quarter
1: mile at a time. Uh,
0: yeah, it's been a blast, actually. Like, we had to make our way through, uh, you know, Too Fast, Too Furious, which I talked a little bit about last week, Um, which is a genuinely awful movie <laughs> but although directed we do by get, john singleton we do RIP. get a couple yeah we do get a couple characters um in there that obviously i enjoy that come back in, tyrese in, tyrese and Ludacris are, are both great and as much as that movie sucks it's it's fast five is such a fucking good movie so we watched fast and furious tokyo drift and um fast five all within the
1: last week or so um tokyo drift man. With Um, Thespians, Lucas Black, and Bow Wow? Yeah. Um, Is –
0: I like it more and more every time I watch it. And I really do feel like I gave it a bad rap when, like, I first watched it. And I do think it is genuinely – if they had a better actor – in the lead role. A 40-year-old teenager? Um, Yeah. (laughs) If they had anyone who could, like, literally act even a little bit, that movie would be considered one of the best ones. Like, I feel Lucas Black um, went
1: from being a child actor to just an adult. Like, there was no adolescent (laughs) in between that. Yeah.
0: Um... Because weren't you mentioning you were watching something recently where he was in? in yeah, interview? oh, what
1: was it? But I mean, I, I he was in Cold Mountain. Sure, he's been yeah. in um, Sling Blade was his first movie yeah. with Billy Bob Thornton that he was in. And he was he was a really good child actor too. Oh, no, really? Yeah, um,
0: he's terrible in this. Yeah, but um, Tokyo Drift. Every time I watch it, I like it more, and I, I just like the vibe of that movie. And um, it's it does the street racing aspect i think the best out of them and like the vibe between the culture clash and everything that's going on in tokyo i think is really interesting and and kind of fun and um like uh i i really i just feel like if they cast anyone with any sort of charisma or acting chops that movie could have been um a lot of
1: fun but maybe that's Part the of point yeah. as well, because you gotta cast somebody who
0: who has equal acting chops to Vin Diesel and Paul Walker.
1: Yeah, like someone that's yeah. on that level, because you don't want to cast a uh, you know too many rocks, because then you'll have problems with yeah. you know. Uh, inner conflicts and and one sort of star dominating or what have you you need somebody that's on that level or below
0: yeah so no future spoilers because nevis might be in the next room listening but um and i don't want to spoil anything with her or for her because uh the most fun i'm having is going through all the ridiculous like soap opera twists that she has no idea coming so like um i mean spoilers for fast for tokyo drift and some other stuff i um but with Han's death in Tokyo Drift. Well just the and,
1: timeline. And how they how they
0: <laughs> go, Oh fuck, we shouldn't have killed him off, and they bring him back for uh both Fast and Furious and Fast Five, so they just kind of move the timelines around. And then you're just like, This doesn't make any sense because the tech they were using in, in Tokyo Drift is from two thousand and seven no 2006 Six. Yeah. yeah um and i don't know the timeline it doesn't but those movies why i love them is because they just don't give a fuck they're just right. like you know continuity goes out the car window <laughs> yeah and there still is a continuity but it's so ridiculous that it's just you got to go with it and it's, right. it's very um soap opery because like i brought up when i was watching days of our lives with my mom when i went to go visit the last weekend and Oh yeah, someone has to have
1: an eye patch. Yeah, uh,
0: someone's got to, right? And then, I mean, it'll just be Charlie Theron's dumb haircuts changing right. throughout them. Um, so I don't know. I, I Fast Five, I think, is a legitimately great action movie. Like, when and, are they going to um, bring back
1: Cole Hauser?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, he, dude, I wouldn't be surprised, man. Um, so. I'm having a blast watching those with her and getting her reactions and, and just – I'm genuinely – I'm having more fun watching them this time with her with someone who hasn't seen them before um than I did last year when I just kind of watched them all myself before Hobbs and Shaw. So
1: The person I'm um, actually kind of surprised that really hasn't come back into the fold – in a more predominant role is uh, Eva Mendez.
0: Yeah, cuz she shows up at the end of that's the last one we watched, a yeah, post-credit scene and you're like okay, five, they they're yeah. going to bring
1: her back at some point even if it's just for like a scene of exposition or sort of to connect one point of the narrative to another or have like yeah. a side mission.
0: Especially cuz she shows up at the uh, at the end of that.
1: Yeah, day. and, and it's, um, a, it, that was a fun little stinger at the end of that movie and and you're you thinking oh, okay, like maybe she'll be back dead, at yeah. some point. But like I'm sure she will when they get close to you know the end of this series, but now I feel like with what they're setting up in F nine. The yeah, Fast no, Saga. No, future spoilers no, no, no future spoilers. But what I feel like they're setting up in from that trailer is like you can continue this on with like the next generation of Toretto's, right? Sure, you know, yeah. Son of Dom, Fast right, and Furious twenty six. Yeah, which
0: they already are kind of doing in that Netflix cartoon with Spy Racers, <laughs> where it's like Dom's nephew or something right. like that. But I can see what you're saying. You just do a time jump and you can, yeah, yeah, or so, even just spinoffs. You know, yeah. like
1: you know, uh, Dom Junior goes off yeah. to, or oh, I guess I Brian. Know, just- d- goes off yeah. and does his thing you know
0: yeah um so that's what i was watching so uh um, or they and, go to space they gotta go to space they at gotta, some gotta point. go to space they got it or
1: time travel or something that um, would be amazing if they could somehow cross back to the future yeah. and fasten the furious because they're both universal there's a great um
0: uh fake trailer ig ended for april fools i think i brought in it brought it up before that you can watch on on their website where they I uh, call it Fast of the Future. and How to, amazing would it be yeah. if
1: Michael J. Fox comes she, back as Marty McFly? Fa- <laughs> Fast of the Future would
0: be amazing. I still think you need to get Keanu in there, and I know that... Um... Point Break isn't owned by Universal, but if you could somehow work out those rights where he's just playing Johnny Utah, it right. would be
1: fantastic. <laughs> yeah, because then you um, can connect that whole universe yeah. as well. And Gary Busey would be a part of it. Yeah, it oh, my amazing. God.
0: <laughs> it would be amazing. Uh, have you been watching anything else that you want to talk about? you had a couple on here that are yes. new, new releases that I never Yeah, so saw.
1: last week I forgot to mention, I have a review up at rogerstv.com, so I sent him a scene of Gretel and Hansel, which is uh, Osgood Perkins' mm-hmm. sort of... Uh, uh, Brother's grim reimagining of the classic uh Hansel and Gretel story visually, there are some interesting moments, and I think Alice Krieger as uh the witch is is really good, but you can tell that there's there really isn't a lot of meat on the bone to really stretch it out to more I than see what you did there. yeah an hour and twenty five minutes, and even that feels like it's pushing it, and after a while you kind of become numb to the visuals or, you know, the spell wears off, so to speak. Um, But there's some stuff in there that's kind of like, okay, like I get what you're trying to do. You're trying to make a phantasmagorical combination of Mandy and the witch and the score by uh, the famous musician known as Rob, Um, (laughs) just Rob, um, who's a a French uh, pop rock artist Um, has that kind of like synthy industrial mix Throughout, And it's not bad. It's just kind of – it feels like it's out of place, though, a little bit more because, you know, they're going for almost visually speaking like a Terrence Malick movie at times where they'll have like these wide shots and the characters coming into the – you know, to the center of the frame or coming up in like almost a close-up and sort of having whispery voiceovers or conversations with other people or kind of in the moment. and And again – this all sounds really interesting. Yeah, when you described it,
0: I'm like, I kind of want to watch this. And I mean, it's worth
1: checking out, even if like it's maybe just on at streaming home. or something. But like it that, kind yeah. of, at a point, loses its way and just kind of can't find those breadcrumbs again, and just literally feels like it's stretching it. So. Thing. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's awful. I, it's weird with Osgood Perkins because I think he has such a strong sense of visuals and visual style when it comes to his filmmaking, with the uh, February or the the the, uh, the Black Coats' daughter and um, the pretty thing that lives in the in the house. But he there's something
0: slow burn, slow burn. Yeah. But yeah. there's
1: something about all three of those films that don't completely come together. Yeah, I agree. like it feels like there's something missing. There's a key ingredient that. Whatever it is, if it were to be added in there, it would be a a more memorable experience or it'd be a movie that really kind of puts him onto that next level. I, I, again, think he is a very talented visual filmmaker. I just wish maybe he had a better writer or somebody that could really add something to that style. Because, again, it feels like it is coasting completely on, you know, these gothic, macabre visuals. Speaking of gothic and macabre visuals, I saw The Turning.
0: The very gothic 1994.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, so for people that aren't familiar, The Turning is a adaptation of Henry James's The Turn of the Screw, which was released in 1898, but this is kind of a more modernized version taking place uh, in the 90s, a couple of days actually after the death of Kirk Cobain. Um, Mike
0: Flanagan also turning this into the second season. Of yeah, with Bly Haunted.
1: Manor, and... Yeah. and um, I'm hopeful that Mike Flanagan will make something a little bit more visceral and less kind of dated in a 90s music video kind of way. Uh, Flioria, um sigmondi who directed the film has a music video background she directed um beautiful people the marilyn manson music video that's probably one of her her biggest ones but she was like in that same category as you know michelle gondry and david fincher and um mark Romanek and and there's like a sequence at the end of the film like in the in the credits where like it almost feels like you're watching clips from a music video um where this movie truly
0: Weird, quick question before you sure. move on who would you consider? Like, does that still happen a lot? Where we get like a really great music video director that kind of transitions?
1: Into no, because music videos aren't the same as that they right. they, they used to be, right? Because okay. music videos, because I'm trying to still, think. there's you still had, a promotional tool, did,
0: uh, bodied and stuff, right?
1: No, Joseph no. Kahn, yeah, he's yeah, but he was director. even before that. I mean, he directed um, that uh, Torque, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I know, but he was still a music video
1: director yeah, when he yeah. did that, right? And I don't think he's
0: uh, broken through, No, but He like, he was then? still
1: in like I would still say that like he was in the like the two thousands, where like now, like if we're looking at it in like just even the last twenty years or, 20 years or ten years, 10 years yeah. uh, like um uh the director of Queen and Slim, I guess maybe would be the closest to that, Melina right, Matsuka. Right. Yeah. Um because she directed some of Beyonce's music videos and um she kind of has that style in the filmmaking of 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 Queen and Slim at times where it feels like like this is your first movie as a director but you're bringing that music that short music video burst of 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 style and confidence into it but it can't really sustain a full narrative yeah. alone i just thought again, it was interesting like Oscar yeah. perkins in a way like
0: i mean you brought up those names and i don't think we've seen a collective no, of but those, music videos yeah. aren't the
1: same thing anymore with the exception of again going back to beyonce with you know lemonade sure like it has to kind of be the artist. Kind of propelling the narrative now you know when a music video is made, nobody watches it because again television doesn't have the same meaning or MTV or you know VH1 any of these sites where or these uh, channels where they would promote the the artist and the video and people would watch to see you know the the song but also the the style that was being used with it. There was an artistic merit behind it, but now it just feels like they're they are just promotional tools. And not to say that they weren't beforehand because they were. It's part and parcel, but more so now because yeah, you can't really think of like a music no. video that really has defined the way we listen or watch,
0: or even a director who's like you know gone to that next level.
1: Yeah, no, right? I, I can't think. I mean, there's a lot of filmmakers that work in commercials, yeah, and that's even fair. like like big time filmmakers like Michael Mann Spike Lee sure. Earl Morris they do all that do in commercials their, you know, to make in between, money that's where yeah. they actually make their money like they sure. don't make the money to from consistently doing their work and stuff yeah. like that too um, right? but in terms of somebody coming from that I would say Matsuka is probably the closest to that at this moment just from this year with Queen and Slim but other than that um, like, yeah, it's it's not the same where you were getting a lot of people that were plucked from directly, even Spike Jones as well, where you were getting people plucked from music videos to go and direct, you know, a feature film. And in the same case with The Turning, like The Turning feels like it's in that 90s music video kind of style. And, and it kind of, I guess, is appropriate for when it's taking place. But at the same time, it's also trying to be very close to the original uh, novella. And I think that kind of hurts it as well where you have this clashing of tones. Uh, so uh, Mackenzie Davis is the lead in the film and it's kind of like her downward spiral into um, darkness and insanity and whether or not this, this manner is actually haunted in the children who are played by uh, Brooklyn Prince and uh, Finn Wolfhard. Uh, Finn Wolfhard never been more punchable than in this movie yeah. and weirdly kind of like a sexual predator. Um, okay, And it's, off-putting in a way that it's not supposed to be. Like it's just kind of off-putting in like a oh, this is just creepy because it's a kid harassing an older woman. You know, like it's just it's kind of okay. It's a little weird that way. Like it doesn't feel weird like in the way it wants it to be. Sure, I'm tr- I'm trying to tiptoe uh, uh, around something because it's doing it on purpose, obviously. But the the um, the the reaction that it's trying to elicit isn't the one that it's it's getting back in return. Right, right, right. But then the thing that I think a lot of people that do see the movie because this didn't really screen for press that's kind of like really kind of thrown a 180 is the twist ending. Okay. Which is ridiculous. Okay. Um you can tell me all I'll tell yeah, you afterwards, yeah. but it, it's it's one of those things where and it's abrupt too and it's like at the end of it everybody's like or at least the people that I was in the theater with it was like what the hell? <laughs> okay. Cool. And then it ends and you're like Oh, okay. All right, that's fine. So it's it's terrible. Okay, <laughs> cool. But uh, I mean, it was nice seeing Brooklyn Prince from the Florida Project uh, again. Yeah. She's she's actually the best in that movie in terms of performances. Uh, good cast. I like. I mean, I well, I all say... three of them are 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 decent and have been good in other things. But like watching this, it was like if. If I was a casting uh, agent or director, and this was the first thing I'd ever saw Mackenzie Davis in, specifically, I'd be like...
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, I doubt I will ever watch it. Uh, Okay, moving to staying at home. You already mentioned Roma. You have one other pick this week. Do you just want to... Do you remember what it was? No. no. In in Fabric.
1: Oh, In Fabric, yeah. Yeah. So both are available on Blu-ray. I would go with uh, Roma before In Fabric, because I believe... In Fabric is one of those uh, Blu-ray uh, burn versions where it's like it's just kind of like a print to order. Print, yeah, print yeah. to order. And um, it's weird how A24 treats some of their movies with such high regard. Yeah. And then they'll throw in Fabric under the Silver Lake and the Souvenir under the bus. But then they give like a really good release to the Kill Team, which I haven't seen yet. So, I mean, it, it, it I'm sure it's a okay movie, but that was also a, a DTV film. A director, yeah, I
0: think I saw it on Apple TV movie. Yeah. But
1: it's gotten like a special edition, special features. Like it's it's Maybe so it just depends on the deal that they made with. For I the guess, film, but like but... some of those movies, like the Souvenir, specifically was like this critically acclaimed movie by a director whose work finally is beginning to cross the transatlantic, and it's like, why not give this a really proper you know, release, you know, and and instead you get this kind of like I get the under the silver lake thing just because of everything that went on behind the scenes with that movie. But even that deserved better. One of the best movies of last year. In my opinion. A very interesting
0: film. And I mean that connotation in a good way. No, I I I I loved that movie. Uh for me on digital, I mentioned Parasite, fifteen dollars on Apple. These are all on Apple. Uh Knives Out is on digital in four K. Uh it's only seventeen ninety nine. Um and it's not even available to rent or on Blu-ray yet, correct? Which one? Uh, Knives Out.
1: No, that's at Next the end of February.
0: February. But it is available digital, eighteen dollars right now. A movie that I was medium on, but I have wanted to give another shot, especially with some news we'll be
1: talking about Well, it's made over $300 million at the box office, That's
0: awesome. And I I really do, uh, again, it's in that list, that few TIFF movies with Uncut and a couple others that I'm just like, The Lighthouse being one of those I picked up on on digital last week because it was only 10 bucks or yeah. something like that. So, uh, movies that I appreciated, I just wish I liked a little bit more. But so there's nothing
1: wrong um, with respecting the film. If you didn't love them, like the yeah. lighthouse, I think is a good movie. I just think it's a film that didn't satisfy me in an emotional way Agreed, or a way that yeah. c- kind of got me. Cause I know you didn't like the witch as much either, but like the witch kind of really hooked me in that kind of like that. Yeah. Intense atmospheric kind of way. where. The lighthouse, I was just at a distance with, and you're just like, I appreciate wow, the craft. I re- of yeah, it, yeah, I respect everything in this movie. It's just not getting to me. Agreed. Um, waves in 4K
0: is fifteen dollars. There's there's um, one
1: is, is another one where it's like I yeah. respect a lot that's going on, but it just didn't it just didn't pull me under. The undertow yeah. didn't get me. Um, where it really got me,
0: and I, I would be curious to rewatch that. So that's a a good price at fifteen. I usually try to keep these. Uh, $10 and under for my picks. I'm just going to
1: say as well with Waves, for people that want it on Blu-ray, it's an import only. So um, in Canada, you can only, you have to order it through, you know, you can still order it through Amazon.ca or something like that. But it'll be expensive. But it's expensive because Elevation only released it on DVD here.
0: Well... Fifteen dollars for a four K, and the digital looks pretty good. Well, there you go, and it is um, a
1: good-looking movie, and I do love the cinematography the by Drew Daniels. Aspect ratio changes
0: yeah. is really cool too. So, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in four K, uh, ten dollars. Uh, Black Klansmen in four K, ten dollars. Schindler's List four K, ten dollars. Uh, lots of good 4k there's a bunch of other stuff that's my on favorite right easter movie too. schindler's yeah. list yeah <laughs> um lots of other stuff uh i f- think it was kind of oscar themed previous winners previous nominees things like that right
1: i mean um, that happens yeah i mean turner classic movies always has like 30 days of of oscars and stuff like that so like all these kind of um streaming services itunes yeah they, they all, all have play that stuff sale, yeah
0: right yeah Uh, all right, moving on to talking trailers. Uh, not nearly as much as we had last week, but... Probably the most important trailer of the year dropped the day after we recorded last <laughs> Good week, God. and so we
1: watched it again just before our, yeah, uh, recording. Our
0: podcast went out unfortunately after this trailer came out, so it looked like we snubbed it. But we did not snub this. Trailer. There was a bootleg version, that but we, we wanted to yeah. watch
1: the high quality <laughs> yes. uh, version of it. And, hey, this... and it
0: deserves it, man. It looks okay. So we're talking about Spiral from the book of Saw, Matt's most anticipated
1: Pro- film of 2020, and probably, probably maybe of all time. Probably the dumbest name. <laughs> Ever. But well, would you expect um, anything less?
0: Yeah, it's just from the book of Saw makes no sense. When we were doing our context.
1: top twenty most anticipated list and we saw that title on I think it was Letterboxd, we yeah. were like, this has gotta be a mistake. Right. Because it's been going by the organ donor on like the shoot. Oh like, yeah, didn't we see it before we knew anywhere? Yeah, that it was so spiral? well somebody that I Mongrel. know works yeah. had worked on the set as a as a gaffer. Yeah. And he posted a photo on his uh Facebook of account. Donor. of Yeah, the organ donor film slate.
0: Yeah, and that's how we knew that title. And then Spiral came out when we were recording the most anticipated of the year. Wasn't it called something else, even? Or was it Spiral?
1: I, I would hope it would be called get, getting no, jiggy with it. No, it was something
0: it. else. But anyways, and then it leaked on the Mongrel Media website that it was called Spiral from the Book of Saw. Yeah. And then a trailer leaked from, like, Russia or something. Did I watch it? You bet your ass I did. Um, it almost felt like... This is how I should be watching a new Saw movie trailer. (laughs) Um, I mean, it doesn't hurt
1: the quality all that much.
0: No, and then we got the real trailer, and uh, it does look like they spent more money, one, on Chris Rock's salary and the budget of this entire movie than they spent on all other from executive producer chris rock nine saw movies and uh don't get me wrong you don't see much but when that music kicked in and they started to give you some of the plot (laughs) and uh and chris rock going through with uh director of teen spirit max minghella isn't yep. it um, with a sweaty face? Yeah, showing his. It's just I, I, and Samuel I, Jackson saying yeah, "motherfucker." Yeah, you want to play games, motherfucker? And I'm like, yes, I do. uh Am I all in? Absolutely. This does look like they put more money into this. Like I just, well, it amazing. Um, it's
1: like they they bring in Darren Lynn Bozeman for a meeting. It's like you want to give me how much? Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> he was shocked. He's
0: like, guys, do you realize I didn't spend that much on the nine movies before yeah.
1: this or a um, uh, repo generic yeah. <laughs> <Genetic> <laughs> Gen- opera. generic yeah. opera really yeah. uh, but um but yeah like to me I, like you said it's probably mostly spent on chris rock's salary maybe a little bit on samuel jackson although i feel samuel jackson you know with chris rock being in it would have done it for whatever because sam jackson i think is one of those guys that just likes to work and will pop up in a lot of vod movies as well yeah. as you know big theatrical tent poles um but even the look of it though it does look i mean it still has that digital kind of slickness to it but it looks a little nicer it does there's a shot of chris rock um wearing a ski mask like shooting into
0: a like breaking into a room and i was just like this feels like a movie that's from a bigger movie than a song right although i did Um,
1: laugh when i saw a tweet online someone saying oh man they're finally ripping off the seven formula it's like that's what they did with the first one, yeah, yeah.
0: no, I, I I see what you're saying there, and um yeah, I, I mean the the biggest things here uh that yes, they're targeting cops, um it looks like it's not jigsaw, it might be something different. There is a puppet, and there's that spiral kind of thing, obviously, hence the name. Um, you get the, the classic music there and,
1: um... I'm really hoping that part of my theory is correct. With the
0: organ donor, yeah. Um, Because
1: that would be a great storyline, like, I think for that kind of movie. Oh, 100%. That would be the great twist
0: ending that a Saw movie deserves, right? Um, and if we're alluding to something that Eric, um because uh, if it's not it and, we need to write it no a thousand percent um, i mean we're just
1: basically stealing the 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 storyline from body parts but putting it in a saw
0: yeah uh, i'm excited i don't know i um i do like this trend of comedians um taking a horror franchise that comedians they, and uh, cars getting saw yeah um <laughs> taking a horror franchise that they respect and want to make a movie from like a lot of the times it's uh, whether it's something original like from jordan peele or something like Danny McBride and and um, um, God, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, what are the you, uh, David Gordon yeah, Green? David Gordon Green um, doing Halloween or and things like that? So
1: well, um, I'm excited when uh, I I hope they'll announce in the next couple of weeks uh, that you know Jerry Seinfeld scream.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, and what's Larry, the deal la- with <laughs> Ghostface? Larry David scream. Yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> I would be a thousand percent down for that. Um, so anyways, I'm super psyched for Saw. It's weird that we're getting it in, what, May?
1: Yeah. Um. But even, I, the the one thing I, again, kind of liked about it, it's very generic for the, the cop movie, It's just them in that car, and it's like, it's, you can see, like, it's, like, in May or June, and it's hot and sweaty, and, like, they're kind of going with- In Toronto. With, yeah, they're, they're going with that kind of, like, formulaic buddy cop formula to begin with, but then it, like, jumps into- The Saw Bone Killer Seven scenario, yeah, and it's like, oh, by the way, this is you know connected in the Saw universe, or maybe the Book of Henry. I don't know. Who knows? (laughs) Could Uh, you imagine (laughs) Saw the Book of Henry? Henry, (laughs) (laughs) the Book
0: of Henry was more terrifying. I guarantee it. Well, I mean, Um,
1: Henry was as sadistic as Jigsaw.
0: That that is very true. Um, Staying in sort of the same realm, but moving over to Blumhouse, um,
1: and this could actually just lead into. Just our news in general.
0: Yeah. So um, The Hunt is coming out in March. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar with The Hunt, um, uh, directed by Craig Zobel, uh, written by Damon Lindelof, and Nick Hughes, the son, son of Carlton. Carlton. Son of Carlton. Um, <laughs> uh, most famous because last year, it was supposed to come out in September. Um, there was that uh, mass shooting in Texas um, right before around that time yes i think it was
1: in in Um,
0: august yeah in the summer some at some point because it was
1: later in the summer because it was supposed to originally be released at the end of september
0: yes um so after that mass shooting um the film is about some uh liberal elitists that hunt um hunt people Correct? Yes. that are dropped into a location but not um, hunted
1: by helen hunt which was disappointing
0: yeah sure instead uh, we have hillary so anyways a new trailer dropped a poster dropped and we got a release date which is in the middle of march correct? yes um 19th or th- friday the 13th friday the 13th um, um, in march so uh we just watched the trailer it looks interesting i'm still intrigued um uh, I mean, after I'm surprised
1: one, it is getting a traditional theatrical release. Yeah, we thought it would
0: get dumped on, like, VOD or something, yeah. right? Peacock. Or Netflix or
1: something. <laughs> or, yeah, Peacock, or yeah. Uh,
0: which is Universal Streaming Service. But here's I my assumed, theory but... behind it all.
1: I mean, it is obviously embracing the controversy and obviously... With They're the going stuff that,
0: all in on that, yeah.
1: Stuff with, like, Donald Trump not specifically saying it by name, but alluding to the movie as being offensive to Republicans. Grow up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um... My theory behind this is Universal has had a really tough couple Couple of months. months. So from December with Cats bombing spectacularly, you can go listen to our review. Uh, It's 43 minutes (laughs) somehow. And then Doolittle, which you can also go listen to our review, which is 13 13 minutes. Uh, And then The Turning which I just talked about oh, that on this was them pod. too? That's yeah. universal as well. All three of those movies, more so, obviously, Doolittle and I'm Cats. sure Turning
0: cost them, like, $10 million. Yeah, I mean,
1: Turning was also shot in Montreal and Toronto. Um, but it's still, I mean, the production design of it and finding a location and hiring the actors, like, probably costs around, like, $25 million Okay, to make. It's still a lot for a movie that's probably made, like, five in total. Right. Um... All bombed. And then it's like, okay, well, at least we have 1917 winning Best Picture and Director at the Oscars. How'd it go for him, Matt? Not very well. Right. So I feel like them, they were like, oh, do we have anything else coming out? We do. The photograph. <laughs> right. Uh, coming out this Friday uh, for Valentine's Day with the Keith uh, Stanfield and Issa Rae. Not screening for press in Canada, at least, or at least in Toronto. Barely any
0: marketing. Barely
1: any marketing. And again maybe that didn't cost too much, but it's still it's still a big blow coming, you know, one after another, this succession of bad movie or films that aren't screening for press. So it's like, well, what do we have? Do we have anything? Well, we still have The Hunt.
0: Yeah, I don't know what their next release would have been after that. You have the uh the Minion sequel coming out this year, which I'm sure Well, they work. have F9. Um,
1: oh yeah, those two will
0: be huge F9 money will make money.
1: I think Minions will do okay, but I can see the decline on Minions. Starting to happen, I feel like once you 've done one solo minions movie that 's enough, like when you start really milking that, yeah, like
0: the kids who grew up with the minions, do they really care about the minions as they get older? No, do they have a nostalgic place because you heart? you
1: you rebel against the things that you like when you 're a child, when you get to a certain age where it 's not cool anymore to like those things, yeah, and if you know the the, the material or the product is good enough to withstand, you know, your adolescent rebellion and then when you get to the other side of becoming a grown up, something like ET is still really a great piece of filmmaking, right? Where Minions, I don't know if that'll hold the same line when you get to the adult no, phase. I think
0: the first despicable me movie I think was I remember that being I don't think it will be held in the same regard as some Pixar stuff and things like that, but I remember that people really enjoying that movie, but right. I think that was enough, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> like especially you because need... you have
1: three Despicable Me movies on top of that, so it's like you get enough Minions in those movies, and then even with you know some of the shorts and mentions in other Illumination films, so it's like you're not in dire need of more Minions,
0: yeah so i mean they have obviously there's the focus feature stuff that they'll have this year but that never really makes a ton of money no like
1: the true universal studio halloween will make them probably a decent
0: amount of coin um i'm just i'm looking through what's coming out this year for them um and i'm just off the our memory f9 halloween minions will probably do well um trolls world tour don't
1: How did the first Trolls movie I think it did okay. Yeah. I I don't think it did, like, gangbusters or anything. I'm excited
0: for Promising Young Woman, but, again, that's a focus feature.
1: Yeah. Um, Which is a subsidiary of...
0: Yeah, I mean, it's still universal in the end, but... um, I'm on their site right now. Okay, yeah. I'm just gonna look up what they have. F9 would be the next biggest thing after the hunt. Um, Yeah, the photograph... Oh, Invisible...
1: You know, Invisible Woman... Uh, might do okay invisible man Invisible Man. sorry yeah. I'm thinking of the Elizabeth Banks movie because I had a right. conversation with uh, uh, a friend of ours uh, Peter recently about this because Peter is not looking forward to the invisible man and I was telling him that Elizabeth Banks is doing the invisible woman and then it went from that to saying how he apparently is a Jai Courtney fan why I don't <laughs> I asked him that question he said that he has some charisma and I was like where Peter, you're out of your mind. Uh, yeah, although so I, I like him as Captain
0: Boomerang, but yeah, um, but I mean, to an extent, yeah. yeah. Uh, Candyman. So they got some Candyman horror. might do well. The King of Staten Island, which is the Judd Apatow movie with Pete Davidson. <sighs> you know, that's
1: the one I'm dreading. And now we could, were talking to a friend of ours, uh, Ben, who's uh, been on the uh, the he's movie going reviews to South by Southwest. Yeah. yeah, so he might see it there. And he was saying that, oh, like he's heard mixed things about it already. And guess what? Surprise, surprise. It's too long. Yeah, of course it is. It's like
0: probably three hours, and no one... Does anyone like Pete Davidson? No. Um, I
1: don't don't get it.
0: Oh, you got... We got another Purge movie this year? Is that happening? This year? Yeah. It says it is on July 10th. The Purge 5. But who knows? Yeah, Blumhouse Um, stuff doesn't always... Now we're just looking at what Universal has. They have Nobody... With Bob Odenkirk? Do you know what that is? Yeah, that's supposed Lloyd.
1: to be like um, a John Wick-esque ripoff with Bob Odenkirk as John Wick. No. Yeah. Really?
0: Yeah. Is it serious or yeah. is it a
1: joke? Well, maybe both. Like, it's I heard that it's in the vein of that and Hardcore Henry and Upgrade. Really? Yeah.
0: Huh. Oh, it is from, is it from the guy who did Hardcore Henry? uh maybe yeah he is also notable for directing producing writing the script acting and composing the music for the 2000 film hardcore henry so it is from that same guy weird okay so they have that which probably won't make a ton of money (laughs) no and it's being
1: released in mid-august so
0: um this is just the universal cast now um yeah dude they don't really i mean last night in soho again Focus. focus yeah bios
1: that's tom hanks that has been a movie that's been in post-production for a year and a half now um and yeah,
0: they really don't have much this year no unless they have anything big at the end of the year or but...
1: something that might get greenlit yeah. between now and march because 1917 didn't go the into croods production too. <laughs> croods dude uh because 19... news of the world the green grass which is another tom hanks movie um because 1917 didn't go into production or wasn't announced until march so mm-hmm. anyways
0: we barely talked about the hunt um i'm curious after, yeah, I, I, after watchman i mean i've always loved damon lindelof but it I'm won't like,
1: live up to the controversy uh, like, sure it's just it's gonna be at it's, best
0: it'll be like oh that was interesting
1: yeah it's you know uh a most dangerous game like yeah, that's exactly. basically what it is yeah. you know and that's fine i mean there's nothing wrong with that but like i kind of appreciate that they are kind of playing up you know like the controversy of it all, but it's really not any Smart more violent them. than any no. other. Even saw like I'm sure yeah, saw oh, will God. be ten God. times oh, more violent 5, than. Uh,
0: the last trailer was for the Amazon um, Studios film, The Vast of Night, which, which you saw at TIFF at the end I, of the festival. I did. It was my very last movie of the festival this the year. The Last so you of guys, Night. You guys can check out our last TIFF roundup if you want to go way back in the TIFF uh, archive. No. Way back, but on the entitled movie reviews channel, the, the tiff review roundup uh, yeah, so, yeah it'll be in the last one that we do. um I talk about my impressions of uh the Vast of night, which I actually think is a a, a really solid little movie, um kind of subtle and um but I, I I love the style of the movie. It does this kind of Twilight Zone style... Outer Limits. Outer Limits style television, like 50s style television show. That, and, and it has these interludes where it like zooms out and shows you like a black and white TV and kind of kind of when it cuts to a different segment in the film i mean it's all one thing but i'm trying to again my memory is fuzzy because we saw but a you were saying movies, that but...
1: the trailer is maybe a little bit misleading because it makes it seem more sort of those, moments, or yeah, like those moments are
0: very spread out and are condensed into the climax of the movie a lot of the stuff that they show um and even then climax is a strong word like it is, no it's it's a quiet movie and it's it's pretty low-key and um i i dug it for that though like i think it was very atmospheric there's a ton of really great like single take uh tracking shots and things like that that i thought were like a couple super super impressive ones like where you're trying to figure out like where did they cut or is this whole thing a, a single take and it, it's uh um, there's some really great moments that make up for the lack of maybe excitement in the movie, but I don't think a movie right. Like well, they have to.
1: It seems to... like they have to be more inventive because they're on a budget. Yeah, right? it's a
0: very small movie that got picked up by Amazon. Yeah, and this is
1: from Andrew Pattinson?
0: Uh, I I have to look up his name.
1: But uh, what did you think of the trailer? I, I dug it. I I kind of regret not having seen it. And it was one of those movies where it was on my list for the last day, but it was between that and St. Maude. And I like St. Maude, but from watching that trailer, that seems like Andrew Pattinson. Yeah. yeah, Patterson. Patterson. Mm -hmm. Um, it seems like it would be something yeah I up my it, alley yeah I think you'll dig it yeah
0: um is, do you think it'll get a theatrical release or no? I, I
1: don't know Amazon I mean it, it says that it is going to have at least a two week run but I don't know what that means here in Canada specifically I think right, it's supposed to come Amazon out in stuff's March. been all
0: over the place right yeah like, at, Honey like boy
1: was Sony here. Sony here and then um, like a lot of the like just the Netflix Netflix stuff if it does get a theatrical release it's at the light box right, right yeah. so you have things like uh, the report uh which, which, played, which in, played in Lame Is, which is yeah. uh I think still playing at yeah, the Lightbox. Just, so, yeah, or yeah, just yeah. finished.
0: Yeah. Um so maybe it'll play there. I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah. But um, And
1: I know Peter Kaplowski has been a huge supporter well, of that film. It, yeah.
0: yeah. Um he was the reason one of the reasons why I went to go see it that last day and um uh really, really enjoyed it. So it's out in the March I think March thirteenth as well. Yeah um so definitely uh check out that trailer and it's a it's a good little movie. All righty. What are we doing? You want to move on to some news? Yeah. We got some good stuff this week. Um let's kick it off with the probably the biggest piece of news which happened right after we got out of our screening of uh Birds of Prey. Yeah. Cuz um, you texted
1: me as I was getting on the go train.
0: Yeah. Um so uh Sam Raimi is in talks or it looks like he will be directing uh Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, this caught me by complete
1: surprise. Right. I don't know about you. No, I was. Um, I. I mean, I was surprised, obviously, because Sam Raimi, you know, director of the Evil Dead, and we were talking about him on the on the last yeah regular show about like how you know him and Peter Jackson went from you know these B movie backgrounds to getting these giant studio Maybe it was franchises. Us. Maybe someone
0: listened to that. I doubt Kevin it. Kevin Feige was listening.
1: <laughs> doubt <Yeah>. it a hundred percent. But it, it is interesting that you have the guy who kind of ushered in. The modern, the, the modern superhero movies, maybe with the next to the X-Men films. But we don't talk about that either, no, right? no, no, no. Um, especially who directed them or who didn't direct them. Well, that's what um, I was yeah, alluding to. <laughs> but it, it is interesting as well, because Raimi has not been able to get a project off the ground since Oz the Great and Powerful, which did make a lot of money, even though it wasn't critically acclaimed. So like, I don't know. He wasn't in director's jail, per No, se, I think he's like, a family man, and he's one of those guys that, like, When he was younger, he was a lot hungrier as a filmmaker and passionate. And now, made enough money, he's made enough money. He has uh, Ghost House as uh, as a production company, so he kind of like brings other people in to kind of make a movie here and there. And like, he's just everything I've read about him, he's become more and more of a homebody kind of guy. And I get it. And he was supposed to do a movie where he had something set up at Netflix with uh, Ryan Reynolds, which was like a Bermuda Triangle esque thriller well he's
0: been attached to a few things right but they yeah they just
1: never come together and we've even talked about him doing you know the last of us yeah because he was
0: supposed to produce
1: it right and
0: i kept saying why doesn't he just fucking direct it right and then they can't make uncharted to save their goddamn lives yeah and he's like
1: christopher nolan where he's like one of the few filmmakers that will come to to a set with wearing a suit um but Yeah, him returning back to the Marvel fold, but now the Marvel Studio fold will be very interesting to see what he's able to do. Because I know Marvel seems to be a bit adamant with this particular film because it seems like both Loki and um, uh, WandaVision are going to be entangled with this film specifically, and maybe that's partly why Scott Derrickson left because... it's
0: setting up the whole multiverse for the MCU. Yeah,
1: there seems to be more micromanaging on this one than...
0: Because it looks like it will involve a ton of different, you know, franchises and properties. And
1: and Sam Raimi is more of a company man than... Probably what Scott Scott Derrickson is probably more what Sam Raimi was when he was in his twenties and thirties. Yeah, sure. Where Sam Raimi is now kind of one of the. I'm not saying that he's sold out. I'm just saying he's. You know, you get older, you get a little bit more mature. Your priorities change. Where he's like a guy that maybe is just wants to now do something, and this opportunity presented itself. It is a itself. character
0: he really loves. Yeah, too, I mean, right? he does
1: reference somebody put a. I think it was Peter Koplowski, or somebody put a clip online. From Spider-Man from, 2. From Spider-Man right. 2 of J.K. Simmons saying, you know, or uh, Ted Ramey, his brother, yeah. saying, oh, we, we could call him Doctor, uh, Strange. Doctor Strange. Or it's like, first Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Spider-Man, and it's like, yeah. good name, but it's already taken. Yeah. And out of any of the properties that if Sam Raimi were to return to this one makes sense because he could play with some of the horror elements PG-13 a little horror, bit more yeah. because you even look at Spider-Man 2 with you know Doc Ock getting the arms that's awesome. a horror movie scene yeah. you know and
0: what he can do with PG-13 yeah. horror with something like drag me to hell and right? even if he's Which able to bring shocking to me that oh, movie's PG-13 that
1: was the thing that Peter Kilkowski said and I want to give him credit for this so he said this could be like the stealth Spider-Man 4 right so he could find a way to bring like Tom in for like a day and make a, a nod reference to Spider-Man. You in the could cannon. bring in
0: Tobey Maguire, dude. Yeah.
1: You could. Yeah. You could do it. He's not doing
0: anything. And like, because you're playing in this multiverse thing, you could have... Because I do have a theory that probably Spider-Man is in this movie. And I think that's probably another reason why they brought out... Or a, a version movie.
1: of Spider-Man. Because the multiverse um, doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have this specific Peter Parker or this specific character. But I character. think
0: that's also how you work with Sony on setting up their Spider-Man universe as well. Right. Because you let... Marvel works with them and goes, okay, you... One for me, one for you. You let us use Tom Holland. We'll help you set up your bullshit over here. Could you imagine? It's like
1: they go into, like... Venom for a second and it's like they go to the scene where Tom Hardy's in the, in the lobster, lobster tank <laughs> yeah
0: but that even sort of I'm starting to put the pieces together of even in the Morbius trailer when you have that photo again could be an accident maybe I'm reading into this more than you probably need to but um that photo with the Sam Raimi version of Spider-Man in right. the background on a poster. And like, so these things are, are in my head now of like, you bring Sam Raimi in to do this multiverse movie for a character he cares about. And you may might be setting up, whether it's just a small part from Tom Holland, or maybe you have some weird
1: Tom Holland meeting. Maybe it'd be Toby like McGuire. Thor Ragnarok, where it becomes um, almost like you know, Wanda, Peter Parker, and Doctor Strange in this kind of, like, weird road trip journey. Yeah, through that the you multiverse. involve Loki
0: even at some point, yeah. right? And you have this weird cast of people, and, like, you get to have Ramy play with a new Spider-Man, but then maybe even allude to his version of Spider-Man while also setting up the Sony universe of being, like, MCU characters like... Um, uh, Vulture, Michael Keaton's character. There's a different oh, version dude. of him. Oh, you know, would be in, so amazing.
1: Like he gets Larry David. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. Larry David was his John Malkovich and Larry David were his top two choices to play Vulture, Vulture in, right? for Spider-Man Four. So, could you imagine? Imagine he got to, his to do ke- like, Kevin Roberts in, in SNL. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> imagine, Can a bitch get yeah. <laughs> a donut? <laughs>
0: yeah. Imagine he got to do like if they let him do a small sequence that brought back a lot of his cast from uh Spider-Man cuz you'd have to get Sony's permission but right. as long as you work within their universe building of going okay well we're going to set up this thing where this alternate version of Michael Keaton's vulture and you'll be able to play with your Toby Maguire universe and maybe in that universe it's still Tom Holland but it's a different version of Spider-Man or maybe it's the same one that's universe hopping who knows but like I, again I'm maybe reading into this more but when you bring in a guy like Sam Raimi your head goes there because you're like He's doing a multiverse movie. Yeah, and it's not by,
1: like, just coincidence or, like, you know, lack of filmmakers available. Like Kevin Feige and, you know, Disney probably said, like... We want to work with him for a specific reason, right? Like and it's that, not just yeah. like, oh, you're, you know, this is the best director we can get. No, with you could have gotten anyone; yeah. who would have just done what you Peyton wanted. Peyton Reed would have right? done it.
0: Yeah, again, you could have <laughs> gotten a guy like Peyton Reed. No offense to Peyton Reed, but he is one of those guys where his stamp isn't necessarily on Ant
1: Man, right? No, he's like, a he's he's a, a journeyman director yeah, who kind of cleans up guy. Guy. Like, a mess. There's nothing wrong left with behind, that.
0: and I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. But when you bring in someone like a Sam Raimi to take over for Scott Derrickson, like there is a reason. Behind there might have been it. a reason where they go, "Hey, Scott, we need you to include X, Y, Z, and B, and D, and F," and and then he's just like, "The fuck do you want me to do with this movie? Like, is this your movie or my movie?" Where right. if they have this idea, they can then go pitch it to someone like a Sam Raimi and go, "Listen, you get to play with Spider-Man and Doctor Strange and alternate versions of Captain America and Iron Man," and like, I I really do think we're gonna get a weird mash up and different versions of characters and things like that that um is gonna be really interesting. It could in almost be movie. like another
1: Avengers type movie where like you have like a multiverse version of the Avengers. That
0: are all played by different actors or, or maybe even same, same actors, actors but, but in, in different roles. Exactly right? or different versions of those characters and things like that. Like you could get more cameos than the key cast of people, which right now is Doctor Strange and and uh and Wanda. Um but and Scarlet Witch, but uh, I'm really intrigued by this, and it is a, a a super interesting choice, and it's nice to see him kind of get back in the game because we've been waiting a while for him to do something. And yeah, I think
1: it's been about ten years since Oz. Yeah,
0: has it been that long? Since I don't look Oz? it up. It's got to be not ten years. It was probably mid 2010s, wasn't it? Or like 2000? Oh, 2013. Yeah, but it's getting close. Yeah. yeah, Nevis and I started dating in 2013, so. Well, there was a the reason time why for Sam Raimi to retired. Fall in love and and get married for, <laughs> since Sam Raimi last made a movie. So um, yeah, I'm super super intrigued by that man. So I'm I'm really really looking forward to that now. And Doctor Strange is a, the first one was a movie that I I enjoyed, but but it's kind of forgettable. Um, yeah. But but there
1: was there was some promise there. It was like okay, I like what they're doing. I like what they're setting up. You know the stuff with Chouette for as well, and 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 sort of creating. A different space for you know the marvel characters to play in so it feels like this will be the groundwork has been laid and now you can kind of actually play a little bit with it yeah and have fun
0: totally and then the other piece of dr strange news was that um c robert cargill um was talking about how him and scott derrickson never actually even did a draft like usually they thought that they would do a rewrite before they actually started working on the movie. Right. Um, But they actually hired a different writer now, the Loki, um, the guy who's the showrunner for Loki, to come on and do a rewrite before um, Sam Raimi uh, jumps in. And that makes sense to what you're saying of Loki's also playing in this multiverse kind of thing as well. Yeah, so you have um, these
1: two series that will probably intertwine into the film, and then wherever that movie goes... Future-wise, from there, it'll probably have repercussions, or at least sort of play within the next few movies, right? Like in terms of like where the storylines go, and like even like even with black like Black Widow, still feels almost like a footnote in Phase Three, and not necessarily the beginning of Phase Four. Maybe with the exception of it setting up some characters that will continue on into Phase Four, but it does feel like kind of a. a You know, a bittersweet kind of grace note for Johansson's character than anything else. What if she's
0: not done, and we get a multiverse? You could, you
1: could. I mean, that could happen as well. I mean, what happens
0: if that's the big twist or the big post-credit scene? Is that like, and that's how they kick off this? Because they said it's going to have important. um, You know, it's going to be important for Phase Four of the MCU. And what happens if you think they killed off that character, but the post-credit scene? Is a multiverse version, a different version of Black Widow? Because everyone thinks it's going to be Florence Pugh taking over, right? Right. But what if Scarlet's like, "No, nah, I'm not done. I'm like Chris Hemsworth, and I s- want to stick around for a while." Right. Is that want to keep making that, that money, like, or is that an interesting storytelling device where you kill off a character and then you introduce a multiverse and a different version of a character
1: coming into your
0: main? MCU
1: well, I think right now at this moment, it, it's an option. I would say, like, say Scarlett Johansson, this is it. She wanted to have her solo film, and she feels satisfied with this. And fans like it, and, and go, okay, well, that's you know a, a nice way to kind of send it off. And Black Widow finally has her solo movie, then that's great. But then at the same time, if it does really, really well, and she still is on board. To continue playing this character for a bit longer, like you said with Chris Hemsworth, then you can open the door. Like it's it's not hard to kind of write away to bring someone like that back. Like I'm sure at some point they they would even bring Tony Stark or Robert Downey Jr. back. I mean, especially after Doolittle, uh, in some capacity, it's a very comic booky thing to
0: bring someone back from the dead or whatever. Or now when you or a different
1: version of them, or even if it's just like a, a a hologram or voice or an ai that would make
0: the most sense to me is like you bring in a new iron man or or iron heart or something like that yeah because even even spider-man far from home i mean his his
1: presence is still very much felt
0: and uh it would be interesting to um just have him you know make he'll make a ton of money just to do some voiceovers or whatever right so
1: gotta make up for those do little dollars not uh coming back to team downey yeah
0: uh okay sticking with um we'll do our all our MCU news roundup first I guess. Yeah. Um uh we have a couple new people joining the cast of Loki which we just mentioned. Um so uh we have Owen Wilson and Gugu Mbatha-Raw who wow. are both, who are both joining. It looks like they're ramping up production on Loki. I mean we got that brief tease in the Super Bowl spot and now the cast seems like it's uh, shaping uh, shaping up. So um Owen Wilson's the weird one um in that cast and playing a major part in uh, MCU anything.
1: But it shows you though so that they're they're casting people that can also go into the film possibly as well, because both Owen Wilson and Google and Bethara, whether they be an up and coming actor or somebody that's well established and known predominantly for movies can you know jump between the two? And I think that's I, th- I. wouldn't even be surprised if Benedict Cumberbatch at some point is announced to be in a couple episodes or as a surprise in either Loki or Wandavision. And Are we he's getting a guy that Loki jumps...
0: or Doctor Strange first. Have they said? I, I can not remember. Wandavision is...
1: we're getting first. I think right. that's the first. And that thing we're will getting. set
0: up multiverse stuff too. Right? Yeah.
1: So I could see even doc, like so Benedict Cumberbatch Black coming Widow, into that. And then yeah. we're getting well Eternals. Eternals, which is November. Yeah, but that but might then, not necessarily connect to anything because that might right. be or at the very end maybe because from everything we've read and you've told me, Eternals is almost like these characters have been living in hiding and with For the events thousands and thousands of, of Avengers years. Endgame and Infinity War, maybe that's the thing that brings them back. But maybe you'll see through the centuries or, or decades that, you know, these characters have been kind of living on Earth incognito and they're kind of misadventures. Yeah. And I I think that even ties back to like um kurt russell's character ego and we i know we were talking that with wyatt russell being cast in uh bucky larson uh born to be a star (laughs) the tv series on disney plus but um i think like even those characters are supposed to be on that same celestial level as as ego he
0: would be in a maybe an eternal i believe um or something like that but
1: um definitely a deadbeat dad
0: we're in intriguing times i like both cast editions i have uh the loki series will be it'll be that first taste of following a character we're familiar with i mean talking about this but is this this isn't the same loki no that's what i mean about the black widow thing i guess we're already kind of getting that with loki right because this is loki
1: still in 2011 right yeah, yeah evil
0: avengers loki who never really had his I mean, he's had face Redemption. turns and heel turns and face turns and heel turns, but, but
1: most of them have been selfish up into the point of, of Endgame, Thor Ragnarok or, into uh, into sorry, uh, Infinity, Infinity War. War, right? Yeah.
0: Um. So yeah, I'm I'm low key excited for it. Uh, <laughs> I think you're high key excited <laughs> yeah. for it. Uh, and then the last piece of MCU news I believe we have is that uh, Taika Waititi, who finished his Thor Love and Thunder script. Um, is adding um a, another writer. I believe. Sorry, uh, I gotta find her name here. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, Jennifer Caton Robinson to help him out with the script, and um, she created the TV, the MTV series Sweet Vicious, as well as uh, she wrote and directed the Netflix film Someone Great, which had Gina Rodriguez, Brittany Snow, and Dewanda Wise. Not super familiar with either of those,
1: right? And Um, I when I interviewed um Taika Waititi for Thor Ragnarok, I was talking to him about doing uh uncredited rewrites on uh on that film because he's not actually officially credited for Thor Ragnarok as a writer, he's only as credited as a director. And like you look at with Jojo Rabbit, I mean, he's sole. Credit for adapting that screenplay. So after having done this and bringing somebody else in, maybe that's to kind of filter a little bit of some of his either strangeness or kind of bring in maybe some more a female voice. Yeah, when you
0: have someone like bringing back the Jane Foster, Foster character, character in the
1: situation she may or may not be in because we don't know yet if she's going to be suffering from from breast cancer or not, or yeah. or where that character is in that mindset. So, mm-hmm. but I can also see them bringing her in, like because Taika is a filmmaker that can. Go off in a certain direction, and maybe you need somebody to, to pull him down a little in bit, a little bit yeah. right?
0: Yeah, I totally see that. So I think people, um, I, I, again, not super familiar with the Netflix movie that she did. No, I'm not think Some people liked it, um, but I'm not 100% sure.
1: Um, but I'd rather have two writers that are on. I mean, I'm sure there are other people that have done rewrites on it or will do rewrites, but I was looking at the Thor Ragnarok, uh, credits there for for the writing. There's about four or five people. Oh, are there? Yeah. So, when you have five or six or seven people, it doesn't usually work. There's the odd time that it does with Spider-Man Homecoming, where there was like seven people credited yeah. for either writing or rewriting the script. But usually, when you have too many chefs in the or cooks in the kitchen, it just kind of doesn't work, right? Yeah.
0: So, we'll see if anyone else gets added. But right now, it looks like he took a stab and then they're bringing her in to do a And it just
1: helps sometimes to get another set of eyes on yeah, something. It's
0: like Phoebe Waller-Bridge coming in and doing a pass on the the Bond movie and things like that yeah. too.
1: Cuz also you have to take in mind that like Taika Waititi just has not stopped. Like he has gone from making Jojo Rabbit, well Thor Ragnarok really, Thor Ragnarok to Jojo Rabbit to, to next, goal next Goal Wins, wins which yeah. is coming out this year and then probably soon going into pre-production and production into Thor Love and, and uh and thunder. thunder, yeah.
0: Yeah busy motherfucker um where we go that's our mcu uh roundup uh james bobin is in talks to direct ryan reynolds in the clue re- remake
1: james bobby um
0: i don't know if i'm
1: i like the original clue movie it's kind yeah, of fun i haven't
0: seen it in a long time i like the idea and i hope they stick with it of doing like the seven different endings for each character or whatever right. that'd be kind of fun um i don't know what would be the canon ending but um i kind of like that and wasn't someone else uh oh jason bateman um wasn't he going to direct
1: it at one point probably yeah
0: Yeah. it was going to be oh yeah it was going to be directed by him but now it looks like it's james bobin um yeah i I mean i'm getting kind of sick of ryan reynolds to be honest um so not the
1: biggest. I, I think as a person he seems like a nice enough guy, but as an actor, I mean, like any comedian, if you don't buy into their shtick, or you can I used to love
0: him, but
1: tired of it after a while because we'll talk about this more with a couple other movies um, that we have uh, review wise, but like it can almost seem sad after a while. It's like that's all you have.
0: Yeah, you know. And I didn't realize he's been doing it since two guys, a girl, and a pizza place. Oh, yeah. Or like that's.
1: I mean, he's he is more of a personality or quote-unquote movie star than he is an actor, and that's fine. I mean, if you like that brand, that's okay. But again, it's nice when the guy or the girl matures and becomes something more, you know? Like, it's not just doing the same thing for five or six movies. Like, yeah, look at someone like Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, she makes a lot of horrible... High concept comedies, but then she can do a can you ever forget exactly? Me. And it's like she has one of those in her. I don't think Ryan Reynolds does, and you could say, Oh, well, you know, Adventureland or Buried, but he's still kind of playing that kind of smart alecky type character within the context of a, a drama role, or yeah. kind of a middling comedy drama,
0: yeah. And I mean, I like James Bobin enough, um, but. I mean, yeah, we're going to get, you know, a comedy version of, of, you know. Well, Clue was uh, a comedy. I mean, the funny
1: thing about that original Clue is that when they released that movie theatrically, they released three or four different prints because there were multiple endings and each movie had one of the endings. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope they do that again. Um, And I'll... Again, because they did that with Unfriended too, where there were two endings for the uh, yeah, Unfriended Dark Web, right. where some theaters had the downer ending, and then some, some had like a more optimistic ending. Interesting, um, but it, this will be more of
0: an ensemble piece, I'm sure. Obviously, it has to be. Yeah, but, well, the, again, um, you know, the original clue. one was. <laughs> and I love the board game, and and I could ha- I I could see this being a lot of fun, but depending on who they bring in, but. Yeah, I'm just getting kind of sick of Ryan Reynolds' shtick.
1: Yeah, I mean, it'd especially be interesting to see after um, Free Guy. It's Free Guy, right? Or Fall yeah, Guy, which
0: looks fucking terrible. Yeah, and terrible. I mean that
1: trailer is bloated as well. I mean, maybe it's just the trailer. Maybe it, I mean Taika Waititi also being in that as well. Um, but yeah, that trailer like truly grates on you after a while. And if you are not feeling the Reynolds,
0: I think that in Six Underground just put me over the edge. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to recent fuck Arizona just scored <laughs> right um, well, two to
1: one now uh, but you're only in the second so get, we're good we're yeah. still good um,
0: so yeah I, I, I don't know I hope this turns out okay but then Depending even Deadpool the like
1: the diminishing returns on Deadpool 2 like I feel like a lot of people were excited by the novelty of an R-rated superhero movie where there was a lot of swearing and juvenile humor and it's like okay maybe this is kind of quote-unquote a brush of fresh air just because it is a little different to the kind of more mainstream PG friendly Disney movies that and are fun we've for everybody. Kind of those
0: now, yeah. And, yeah.
1: and then getting Deadpool, like again, I'm not, I don't like Deadpool, but I can understand having something a little different there. But then getting the sequel to it, it's like. A lot of that seemed half baked and not properly thought through with the time travel stuff, where you could have actually expanded that more Mm -hmm. and done something with it. And they just Mm -hmm. never did. And then again, it's just relying completely on Ryan Reynolds. There's another character that could get
0: introduced in one of those. Which I think he will,
1: because, I mean, he's been having, or allegedly he's. Well, they're going
0: to make Deadpool 3 soon. And to introduce that character, it's either going to be in Loki. Doctor Strange or WandaVision. Right.
1: Well, even Blade, I think, will probably be referenced in one of those as well. Because if you're going to bring in a supernatural character that is a vampire, I mean. He needs to come from a universe where vampires are a thing. Yeah. Like, it doesn't yeah. make any sense to have him in, like, Ant Man 3 the or Earth something. That
0: we know from the MCU. If you yeah. just randomly introduced vampires, it would be weird.
1: I mean, I'm sure there'll maybe even be a reference in uh, Morbius. Like, it seems like that'll be.
0: Yeah, if that's part of the MCU or what, but... Anyways. Well, it is, isn't it? I mean, with I Michael Keaton well, being Well, that's what it. I'm saying, but it could be this spin-off fucking universe. Who knows? Uh, we somehow got back to MCU after <laughs> talking about it. It all goes back uh, to MCU. We're getting a Turner and Hooch remake series on Disney+, Plus, starring Josh Peck. On to the next piece of well, news. Well, no, though the only
1: good thing about that, or the thing I laughed, is there was um, a joke posted on... That fake Disney Plus account, or used to be that fake right. Disney it's Plus like, account. now it's
0: like Amazon Plus or whatever. Yeah,
1: and it was just a photo of Turner and Hooch, and it was Tom Hanks with a Photoshopped uh, peanut butter um, <laughs> bottle. And God it was it. like, if, if this works, I'm leaving my wife. It's disgusting.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, God. Uh, so, with Parasite's big uh, Best Picture win... Um, we got another piece of news for the Parasite TV series that is happening. Supposedly Netflix. Yes. Yeah. So right now, um, well HBO. Right. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. I said Netflix. Yeah. It was. It is HBO. Thank you for the correction. Um, uh, Bong Joon Ho is involved. Um, Adam McKay is also involved. And now we might have the lead of the series, or one of the the leads, because uh, Parasite is an ensemble piece for yeah. the most part. Uh, Mark Ruffalo might be starring. South Korean and...
1: superstar, Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
0: I'm guessing is the Song Kang Ho, uh, Ho character.
1: If they, So it, it, it is going to be an Americanized uh, version?
0: I don't know. Or they said it's just going to be inspired by, so have a similar plot, but it will be different. But, I mean, I'm skeptical, obviously, but why i i have a slimmer of hope is because bong joon ho seems enthusiastic about it and he's talked about it right and, unless it's
1: an international um, story where it's like right. similar kind of stories that are are either interconnecting I would or love, expanding like, on exactly like, i would
0: love maybe a um an anthology series kind of thing or like uh like stories that are in that same kind of vein but maybe with different um you know sets of families or, or groups or something like that i don't know
1: yeah because because uh, director bong was talking about how like he was kind of interested in approaching this as if you kind of got to see what happened between the yeah. kind of main storylines and i thought that was kind of because he talked about
0: like how did the housekeeper get those like bruises and and beaten yeah. up face
1: and things like that so and then also, on top of that, I mean, some people will be like, oh, well, you know, he's also a part of, you know, Snowpiercer. But not really. Like, he, he has an executive producer credit, but I don't he, he hasn't had, had any creative there. input on that show. Where this seems like he's literally involved yes. in it.
0: And um, whether he directs some of it or writes some of it or or how he's going to be involved, we don't really know other than probably helping produce it and whether McKay directs some or they split directing duties or however they want to do it, but we don't really know much about it other than Mark Ruffalo might be. And it's probably
1: still in early stages. Like we probably won't hear or see anything in terms of like actually it going into production until well into next year.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I'm intrigued. I don't know what it will be if they, I would love if it's still like within that universe and you bring back some of those actors, uh, maybe, or, like, again, maybe it involves a international yeah, cast. Yeah, because look at Oakja like and Snowpiercer,
1: right? Yeah. Like, it still very much is a Bong Joon-ho movie, but it, it has... There's so much you can kind of go over. Like, he the the husband
0: of the, the rich family worked for a tech company. Yeah. And, like, there's so many different aspects that you could kind of expand on that movie. And which it seems like is the route he wants to take it, rather than it just being a... I know I said it looks like he'll play that character, but we don't really know what this is, whether it's a direct, you know, remake or if it's what, it seems like what you said, Bong Joon-ho talked about wanting to expand on it. Yeah. So maybe I misspoke there, so...
1: Um, we'll see. I don't know. And it'll be interesting to see how, like, this plays with... Because now that people are seeing Parasite or have seen Parasite, part of the, the, the fun of that movie, we talked a little bit about maybe, you know, some people not having seen some of his other stuff, but going into this movie and seeing how Tone plays a very big role in his movies, but also the element of surprise. But now, since that surprise has been revealed after seeing the movie. What do you do with a series in terms of hooking people or, or turning left instead of right in, you know, an eight hour uh, series? Yeah. It'll be interesting. Um, where do we go? I kind of skipped all
0: over the place because of the Marvel stuff. Uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal, uh, has been cast in Boz Lerman's Elvis movie as Elvis Presley's mother. It's cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm hit or miss on Boz. I don't like him
1: at all. I know you don't. But um, I like Tom Hanks, and I like that he was, I can't remember what award show it was, but he was saying that basically, like, you know, he's always considered the Mr. Nice Guy, and now he's going to play a villain with uh, Colonel Tom Parker. So we'll see. We'll see. I I even think with this, like, if if Baz Luhrmann can turn Tom Hanks into a villain, like, they tried to do that with Road to Perdition, but there was still kind of, like, a redeeming quality because of him protecting his son. (laughs) But Tom Parker, even though he is a father surrogate to Elvis Presley, was such a sleaze bag. And I don't know if Tom Hanks, like, again, not because he's... Not a good actor, and he's a great actor. But like Tom Hanks, that image of him is Didn't so he hard play to play. Like
0: a gangster in Cloud Atlas for a part of it. Yeah, but there's was... something
1: kind of like. It's so goofy. Cartoon-y, a cockney right? gangster. Yeah. It's so over the top that it's like oh, it's just Tom Hanks dressing up as this character where like he's gonna be playing this role and this... you
0: haven't really seen him menacing in yeah. the way where you're like, Oh fuck, like I'm actually scared of that. Yeah, guy. or
1: even just being a complete jerk and stealing all of Elvis's money and telling him what to do and when to do it and taking him away from his family and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, do you, like I mean obviously it won't be a
1: like the last time Pretty they did kind saying. of a film version, well, not a film, a TV movie of this was with uh, Jonathan Rhys Meyers as Elvis and Randy Quaid in the role as uh, Colonel Tom. So that Parker. checks out, yeah. and yes, and that's perfect. Like you've got this kind of like rotund, sweaty, gross Randy Quaid kind of just sucking the life out of. Uh, Elvis in 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 that movie and he's perfect in that role. Where with Tom Hanks it's like Yeah. You know Mr. Rogers. You can you can you can visualize him getting there, like costume, makeup, that kind of thing, but you know, it, our audience is going to be able to get past Tom Hanks.
0: We'll see. Uh Vanessa Kirby casually dropped that she's returning to Mission Impossible 7.
1: So it's probably a smaller role or maybe she'll only be popping up here and there I, I mean, think she's
0: they, great I hope she's in more
1: I, I do too but I mean with everybody we've been hearing coming back and I mean I know it's, it's going to be divided between two movies it feels like now they're getting to that point where like <laughs> they're cramming too much into it but we'll see I mean I have faith in in Mick G and Tom Cruise so you know happy to have her back McQuarrie you mean what did I say you said Mick G oh Jesus <laughs> Sorry, McQ. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, McQ or McG. Keep McG away from McG. Did
0: something happen? I didn't know. Um, We're getting another chain Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboot from the directors of The Dig. Well referenced in uh, Bong Joon Ho's acceptance speech. Yep. I never saw The Dig. Did you?
1: No, I didn't know.
0: No, I don't even know who they are. Yeah. Do we need another Texas Chainsaw reboot? Well, if it's
1: as good as the one with Alexandria Daddario, hell yeah. (laughs) As no. Could, I think Texas Chainsaw should you're have more ended. Of the
0: Ch- Texas Chainsaw. It should
1: know. have ended with Toby Hooper's second one, which wasn't really even you know a a really a direct sequel to the first movie. It was like, you know, Gremlins and Gremlins 2 in terms of what it was going for. But what's interesting with that series is that there have been names that have you know come and gone from that have become bigger. Like, for example, uh Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey were in, I think it was Texas Chainsaw Generations, the third or fourth one, because Viggo Mortensen's in one as well. And they hate that movie so much that when Scream Factory was releasing a new Blu-ray of it, um, their agents requested to Scream Factory and the artists that were commissioned to do the artwork to not, not have happen. a likeness of their face on, on the, the cover. cover. Yeah,
0: cool. <laughs> Uh, And then the final piece of news uh, for this week, uh, we are officially getting a Knives Out sequel. So we talked about Clue at the beginning of this, ending with Knives Out. Uh, Completely new cast, other than Daniel Craig coming back as Benoit Blanc. Um, and as much as I again, I was medium on the movie, I do want to watch it again. And spoons I, in I do like the idea of getting a new Ryan Johnson who done it every
1: couple right of years, but it also makes you think about like what 's going on with Star Wars with him, right yeah, because it seems like where he was or where he is at this point he 's almost trolling the whole Star Wars marketing company production of like everything about it. Um, where this is almost like his backup thing now, and because the movie has become a, a smash hit, like, it has $300 million is
0: pretty good for that movie. For that movie, yeah. where,
1: I mean, you know, it's basically one or two locations with, you know, a lot of name actors, but, you know, for the most part whittled down to three main performances. So it does make you wonder, like, if we'll hear in the next year or so if, He's just completely yeah. He off could of quietly leave
0: if he really if nothing works out. Like they're developing something with him, but if he doesn't really have an idea or or maybe it just doesn't work. But I yeah, or he just he doesn't can... want to do
1: it because look at all the shit that he took from Last Jedi. Yeah, I can know? see that. And he yeah. is very active on you know social media with Twitter, so like he's aware of all that stuff. And I'm sure when th- when that movie was coming out, it was just like an onslaught it's like do i really want to go through that again for potentially yeah. three more movies
0: weren't we supposed to hear who was going to direct the new star wars movie in january yep they or that?
1: early this year and yeah so we might get that soon but and then taika Waititi's even said that like he's not really as involved as everybody People thought say, he might yeah. be but again that just i'm sure might they're be very early misleading.
0: talks of like Hey, when you have some time, do you maybe want to do one? Yeah, or
1: do you want to pitch us an idea? Yeah.
0: It could be anything that small. And I'm sure they've met with tons of people to say, like, yeah. hey, do you want to pitch something to it's us? It's almost so. like
1: they're just doing like a a talent search right now to find who's going to be the next director on whatever iteration of Star Wars will be either a trilogy in the future or yeah. an ongoing series. Um, because like it did, like it, it almost felt like okay, we we want to go with the Game of Thrones guys, but then that didn't work out for obvious reasons. We thinking of of Ryan Johnson, and then there were problems, you know, well, just with the, the reaction fans, yeah. of Last Jedi, and you know now with Taika Waititi, being like, oh, like he's been asked to maybe do something at some point. It it just seems like they they're kind of fishing right now and seeing what they can they can bring in.
0: Yeah. Either way, um. Ryan Johnson, whenever he has some free time doing a Knives Out sequel or part of like that
1: franchise, is kind of
0: interesting to me as much as I was even kind of. We just don't get that. I mean, we're going to get that with the Poirot movies. Yeah, and I
1: think that'll kind of almost um, like be the rotating whodunit films where it's like every couple of years you'll either get a Poirot or a Ryan Johnson, Benoit Benoit Blanc 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 movie movie, where Because you think about other than, you know, the Kenneth Branagh film, there hasn't been a lot of whodunit murder mystery stories in the last 15 years. Yeah,
0: And they're kind of getting a resurgence, even with what we talked about Clue earlier too, right? So, um, and I think Knives Out and even the success of uh, Murder on the Orient Express, like, helped that, right?
1: Yeah, and I'm sure Death uh, on the Nile will be... Hit as well for uh Brana and everybody over at uh 20th Century, no longer (laughs) 20th Century
0: Pictures, which still looks weird, yeah. It it, it does, it's like seeing seeing that's missing something, yeah. I I mean, it's the same logo and it'll have the same intro and everything, but um, I understand why you get rid of the Fox name, but uh, right, it just still, or why not though?
1: Like, just leave it in there, like, it's not you know, it's just another, I I feel
0: like there's like sort of negative. If the Murdoch family's still keeping the Fox title for a well, lot Fox of their News, yeah I guess. Fox News and, and the network and stuff like that, like I feel like you just kinda get away with it. See, from I that. wish
1: Disney bought Fox News and just dismantled that completely. Yeah,
0: that would've been great, but yeah. of course they didn't. Um so anyways, that's this episode. Yeah. Oscars, a lot of MCU stuff. The hell else did we talk about? I don't know um if you guys like this uh please go check out our other channel which is called untitled movie reviews where eric and i get together usually every week it'll start to ramp up as the summer gets closer and closer and as we ramp up uh new releases because we're a little quiet i mean
1: technically the summer already um, started with bad boys for life yeah
0: now with birds of prey or or, sorry harley quinn birds of prey
1: i'm not Um, gonna call it that you can
0: (laughs) Um yeah, I like the original title more, but whatever. Yeah. Um please go check out our reviews for uh, uh Birds of Prey as well as Sonic the Hedgehog which will be dropping on Thursday, February 13th if you're listening to this before then. Um as well as our reviews for Bad Boys for Life and uh Do Little. Uh, <laughs> and
1: the uh aforementioned uh Cats 43 minute special. Yeah. Um, As always, my name
0: is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at UntitledMoviePodcast.com. I also have an article about Sonic the Hedgehog over at Cineplex and mostly about Jim Carrey and his uh, pseudo sort of comeback in this film. Um, You can follow me on all of those social medias uh, at Matt Rohrbeck. I'm usually bumming around Twitter and Letterboxd. You can also follow... The Untitled Movie Podcast on all of those social media platforms at Untitled underscore cast. We're bumping around uh, Instagram. We're bumping around Twitter. Uh, we post every time that there's a new episode or new review. Uh, we're also bumping around Facebook in case your parents want to follow along.
1: <laughs> yeah. And also please uh, rate and yes. uh, review us on on iTunes, Apple iTunes and and. And let us know what you're, you're thinking. It, it helps. It really does, you it know, really in terms does. of getting us out we there. We got to get up
0: on those charts,
1: baby. Yeah. Um, so you can find more of my work on slash cinema scene. And I'm on the social medias, also mostly Twitter, Letterboxd, and sometimes Instagram at uh, EM6211. Until next time. Let me see that bong, 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 bong.